that was a great hymn, wasn't it? That uh, starts us off right for the week, for sure. Be still, my soul. Don't run. Relax. Let it go. Put it in the Lord's hands. What is bothering you tonight? What is bothering me? What is my anxiety? They're big. I'm sure yours are too. But we can let them go. In Jesus' hands. The very best hands that there is. 26 people. How do you explain it? No other way but we live in a broken, sinful world. Waiting for that moment of redemption. 26 families. Some that lost some children. 14-year-old of a pastor's son, a daughter, um, tough. I don't think we can argue that the mystery of lawlessness, my friends, is here. Would you argue with that? No. Would you open your Bible? Uh, though I'm not going to share about that one specifically, but as a springboard tonight, Second Thessalonians 2.7. My daddy, my grandfather, to be real honest with you, I feel really privileged tonight. I'm the eighth generation of preachers in a row uh, that the Lord has given me this privilege of speaking his word, of sharing his word, and my grandfather, Swedish, Svenska, and uh, I had some Norwegian thrown in there too, right? They all believed Jesus was coming back before they died. They were praying, man. They, they really were praying, Jesus, Maranatha, even so, come Jesus, right? My daddy used to believe the same. Jesus is going to come before. I don't know when he's going to come, but let me tell you, uh, I don't think uh, <clears throat> uh, this is too far off. 2-7, 2 Thessalonians 2-7, for the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. And we know that that refers to the Holy Spirit for sure. And uh, he is here restraining, but also using us as salt and light in the world. Uh, I listen to the news just as much as you do, so that's a little detail, the 26 who died today. It just seems like that's become a a norm. But the other one is, you know, it just seems popular now. I, I mean, I, I don't think any one of these folks, as much as I am not uh, pure, right, but all these people that are getting a, uh, accused of sexual misconduct, 
I mean, that just seems to started with one very important person and has just, you know, just broken out. And I'm sure some of these people never dreamt. Uh, maybe they did a little bit, but now it has become reality. All the secret things, your sins will find you out. Numbers 32, 23. It's right there in the Word. Believe me, uh, there it is. And we need to realize that. So what do we preach? How do I share Jesus? How do you share Jesus? How are we going to share Jesus tomorrow? What are we going to do? Thank the Lord for the opportunity to have been involved in ministry so many years together with my wife in Bolivia and all around Latin America. And now not only sharing the Lord uh, to many people, but trying to disciple folks to get deeper into Jesus, um, deeper into his word, for as we, we, we study his word, it becomes more relevant to us. Today is a very special day, not only because of the time change, Dili, but today the martyrs are remembered. This is the prayer day for all those uh, who are in very difficult situations. It's a global it's a global problem. Uh, somebody put it this way, uh, John, uh, Jim Dennison, if you, if you uh, are hooked into him, he is a guy from Texas, uh, Dallas, if I'm not mistaken. He puts out good stuff every day. Very good, very good stuff. But on the 5th of November, which was what, yesterday? Uh, he put out this thing about the global war on Christians, uh, citing John Allen, uh, historian and a guy that understands. He says it's most dramatic. A hundred million face interrogation. Every hour, 11 people die for the cause of Christ. Every hour. By the time we ended this Preaching service, 11 more people will have died for the sake of Christ. Since Jesus died, 75 million have died. 75 million Christians as martyrs have died. What is really surprising is that in the 20th century, since the 20th century, 45 uh, million of those 70 have died. Um, persecution, social discrimination, uh, institutional discrimination, we know about that, uh, uh, employment uh, problems in Egypt, terrible employment for, for Christians over in Egypt, legal discrimination because they are Christians, Suppression of missionary activity. We see that in Latin America now. 
uh, suppression of conversion, that people want to become believers are being suppressed. They are not being allowed. Um, uh, reconversion from Islam. Uh, as they have received Christ, they're being forced to go back to Islam. Suppression uh, of uh, suppression of worship, not allowing people to worship the Lord. Violence to individuals, community oppression. What should we do? Well, let's turn, if you have, Second Thessalonians, uh, open five verses that I believe would allow uh, give us some idea tonight as to how we need to react. It says, finally, brethren, number one, pray for us that the word of the Lord may run swiftly and be glorified just as it is with you. And that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men, for not all have faith. Let me just stop there, then we'll go on verse by verse, three points tonight, and I promise I will be quick. Pray, pray. I know you are prayer warriors. Many of you have prayed for us. Uh, Many of you pray for other missionaries. Here, Paul, the great, the great spiritual man, Paul. We know that he was flesh and blood. We know he was human. Uh, all you got to do is go into 2 Corinthians chapter 10, and you find out all the things that he had to go through. But Paul here says, Pray for us, and let me assure you, those who are in leadership, those who are in ministry, need your prayers. Uh, I know you've heard that before. Let me just refresh our hearts, including mine. As my brother here tonight said, let's pray for South Bay. They, uh, I'm sure, would appreciate all the prayer, but uh, pray for those who are leading the the flock, for those who are leading the sheep, for those who the Lord has uh, placed in charge. Interesting, but did you notice? He says, pray for us for the project. Is that what it says? No. That the word of the Lord may run swiftly. That's the, that's the, the goal, that's the objective, that the word of the Lord may run swiftly. We all have all kinds of projects. I have projects. If you need a project, I can give you a project. I would be delighted to give you a project. But Paul does not ask for the project in Corinth. He doesn't ask for the project in Ephesus. He doesn't ask for the project in uh, in some other place. He says, pray that the word of the Lord may go swiftly. In other words, rapidly. That it will not have anything that deters it. So, 
What is the reason? And the uh, and be glorified just as it is, as it is with you. Habakkuk, you remember good old Habakkuk? Wonderful word. He says that the knowledge of the glory of God may cover the earth as the waters cover the oceans. In other words, go every nick and cranny. May it go to every little spot. May it go. May the glory of the Lord, the people realize of the glory of the Lord. Well, the glory of the Lord is all over, isn't it? The heavens, what? Declare the glory of God. Uh, the glory of God is seen in many different ways. <laughs> but he does use your life and mine most of the time, because I think the Lord can do the work uh, through different ways, right? I realize faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I'm, I believe that. Don't, don't, don't misinterpret me. But the Lord wants to use us through prayer, so that the word may go swiftly. And I, let me tell you, the word needs to be going swiftly these days. It seems like there's so much that's going off dead center and going the wrong way. The word needs to go. We need to pray for that. One day, people wanted to know what the secret was of Charles Spurgeon's ministry. So a group of pastors got together. They said, um, let's just go find out what, what clicks at the, at the tabernacle uh, church, the famous church of Charles Spurgeon. So they all got together, came to the door. There was a guy, and uh, he looked like the, the, like the keeper like the keeper, the guy that was in charge of grounds. They said, we've come to see what the secret is of this church, why it's so successful. So the guy says, well, come and see. So he takes them down to the basement. As they reach the basement, um, there were a whole bunch of people praying. He says, that's the secret. That's the secret. By the way, the guy that led them was Charles Spurgeon himself. He says, that's the secret. The word of God is so powerful. Man, I see it at all levels. Of course, having just been in one of the prisons in Chile, and seeing these lives change in a prison of 7,000 people. There's a whole section just of believers, and I believe they are. The word of God has come and has touched their lives. Um, I heard testimonies. I was a thief. That's why I... I'm here, and I'm here for so long. Uh, 
Couldn't finish my studies, needed money. And so because I needed money, I went out and stole. And therefore, I am here. But now I know. Now I know. The word of God is powerful. Let me tell you. Let me assure you. Um, when this word starts working, the Holy Spirit is able to convict and to bring life. Bring us, align us with Jesus. Allow us to be what he wants us to be. Is it easy? No. It isn't. Verse 2 says, And that we, that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men, for not all have faith. <laughs> uh, going back to my uh, introduction about the martyrs, for sure. Uh, if we were to go back to Acts chapter 17, we find the context of what he was saying. When he had gone to Thessalonica, um, <laughs> uh, he wasn't there very long. In fact, he was there like three weeks, and he had to leave because of the uproar, and they took Jason, put him in jail, and man, it was a mess. It was a mess. Um, when the word of God starts going, when it starts touching lives, um, you can count on persecution. You can count it's going to be tough. People don't like that. People don't like for the word of God to change people's lives, even if it is for the best. <laughs> even if it is for the best. A lot of times the enemy will fight it, fight it, fight it, so that um, things won't flow like they're supposed to. And I could give you illustrations around Latin America. Um, the governments are becoming very difficult these days. In Bolivia, um, they are starting to put the clampers on. They want to restrict. Um, in Chile, the same. Um, popular governments do not like the gospel. And consequently... Uh, they're bringing on a uh, whole new thinking. Well, not new thinking. It's old thinking, but new to us. For example, in Bolivia, the, how can I say, the, oh, man. I'm just going to say, please forgive me, but I'll just say it like it is. For example, the same-sex marriage has now been accepted in Bolivia. That was not there before. Abortion is now legalized. Um, and in several, several of these populist kind of governments, that's the direction things are taking. And it's as we preach God's word, the value of life, the imago Dei, uh, that we are created in God's image. And uh, I won't give you a, a dissertation on that, but... Uh, those kind of things, please pray for us that we may be wise 
In Bolivia right now, we have a very leftist. Uh, there, there's no secret about it. Evo Morales has said he wants Bolivia to be communist. Um, okay, uh, we won't go into that, but... <laughs> um, so you stand up in church, and there's people from this side, people from that side, uh, kind of complicated. So that's why you stick to this. We stick to this. And when you stick to the word, okay, the Holy Spirit will bring the conviction that is necessary. Pray for us. Honestly, pray for us. I I would ask you to pray that the Lord would give us wisdom as to what to preach, how to preach it, in time, in season, and out of season. Have a word from the Lord. Um, verse 3 and 4. Go with me. First, we need to pray. 3 and 4. But the Lord is faithful. Praise the Lord. Who will, number one, establish to guard you from the evil one? And we have confidence in the Lord concerning you, both that you do and will do the things, the, the things we commanded you. Uh, trust the Lord. First pray to pr trust. Trust in his faithfulness. Faithfulness. Look at 2.17 from the same book. Comfort your hearts and establish you in every good word and work. Um, trust in God's faithfulness. As opposed to those in verse 2 who were not trustworthy. People who went the other way. He says, trust in the Lord. Uh, people can fail, and you and I have had big disappointments. People who we have invested our life in, people who we have spent hours, all of a sudden go the other way. Man, that is really discouraging. After you've spent uh, many, many, many hours, uh, many days, and you thought, they were really on the way, and they were going to be uh, true disciples. No, that didn't turn out that way. People fail. But he never does. He is faithful to establish and to guard. I, I just took this as a good word for me this week, and I trust you take it as a good word for yourself as uh, as we journey on this week, he will establish, he will guard you from the evil one. Praise the Lord. And what more needs to be said? Uh, as a word of encouragement, he will establish, hallelujah, he will guard. Thank you, Lord. He will guard us if you let him. Our problem is, hmm, Sometimes we're not into letting him because we believe more in our own plans, in our own system, 
in our own ways. And I'm talking about me. Maybe that applies to you. Keep us from the evil one. I know, I know, you know, there's been occasions. I just felt God's protection. I've been in a certain place, God protecting me from evil. I know. I, and, and I just, I just sense God's presence, and I sense that there were people praying, uh, upholding and uh, praying uh, for me as I was doing ministry. Let me tell you of one experience that is so, so uh, one of those ones that you just can't explain any other way. My dad, one day, was going to help resolve a land issue. When you're in ministry and you're a missionary, um, there's more than just getting up and preaching. You do a whole lot more work, as you and I know, just as it is here. But many times when you're in a foreign land, in another country, you're helping uh, to bring peace, uh, uh, helping people uh, make perhaps wiser decisions. Well, they asked my dad. And so he was on his way to settle this land issue. Well, he was in his Jeep, went through this river, and as he went through the river, the fan that cools the engine, the water, you guys know what I'm talking about, uh, one piece of the fan came off and just did mincemeat out of the radiator because it hit the water, the water uh, just... Um, uh, tore the fan apart. So my dad needed to be there at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Good gringo, good American. He wanted to be there on time, 2 o'clock. That's the time they had convened that he would be there, 2 o'clock. Well, <laughs> goes through the river. This thing goes off, ruins the radiator. And, you know, in Bolivia, you don't change the radiator. You, you fix what you have, Right? Uh, doesn't matter how bad it is. Those guys are just amazing to fix things. They just have the patience and the and the know-how how to how to you know put a little solder here, a little solder there, and fix it up. So anyhow, he has to he has to go back into the little village to get it fixed up. They fix it. Goes back through the same river this time very carefully. And <laughs> makes it through. Anyhow, he arrives at this place, like 6 o'clock in the afternoon. And the brother that was there comes out and says, we're so happy you were late. Oh, how come? Well, the crowds were really, really worked up. And they were planning to uh, do some mean stuff to you. Here all this time, my dad was, why did this happen? Why wasn't I more careful going through this river? You understand what I'm saying, right? When all the time, God was saving him from a very, very nasty encounter 
with the people. That's only of the Lord, man. <laughs> no other way to explain that. That is from God. Um, so, do you believe he can establish you? Do you believe he can guard you? Do you believe he will help you do what he wants? Yes. Yes. At least we believe it up here. But here, do we believe it in our heart? That's the question. So this week, can we trust the God of whom we talked about this morning? Our refuge. He who will strengthen, will help us through the difficult times. Real quickly. Five. Let's just go to five. Three, five says, Now may the Lord direct your hearts into, love this, into the love of God and into the patience of Christ. Now, uh, <laughs> that's a lot right there, right? May he direct you, excuse me, may he direct you into the love of God. First of all, it's going to be very tough to show love if we haven't received that love. If we haven't, if we haven't experienced the love of Jesus, the love of God, it's real tough to share that. You know, a lot of people call themselves Christians. Yeah, they're part of the they're part of the group. They're part of the community. But are they really believers? Yeah, one day, Lord, we prayed. Yes, Lord, we preached. Oh, yeah, don't you remember? Who are you? I don't know you. I don't know you. Pretty serious stuff. Pretty serious stuff. We need the love of God. What does the love of God mean? Man, I, I'm not going to try to define it. But let me say, the love of God. We talked about it a whole lot this morning in the first service. We heard about it. How the righteousness of Christ was uh, imputed upon us. That where he wasn't sinful, he became sin. That where I was sin, I would have his righteousness and his holiness. God made him. God worked it out that way. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that if a gay person wants Jesus, he says, come. He says, come. Uh, any walk of life, and whoever it may be, whoever it may be, God opens his arms, and he wants you. He wants us. 
He wants those who are outside, who we will be working with tomorrow, those who we will be coming. He wants each one of them. He died for the whole world that no one should perish but come and have everlasting life in Jesus. Big job. Uh, the love of God. That'd be enough. But then he adds the last one. Into the patience of Christ. Um, <laughs> that one. Into the patience of Christ. How patient is the Lord with me? How patient is he with you? Uh, what has he, how has he had to work and work and work and work to bring us to where we are tonight? He is so patient. Amen. So patient. So patient. Have we had to pay for rebellion? Yes. Have we had to go through tough times because we were disobeying? Yes. Right. But the Lord is patient. The Lord is patient. There he is, the patience of Christ. I need that. I'm sure you do. As we deal with people, so why? I've shared already the gospel. Why doesn't he come to know Jesus? <laughs> uh, I've done all that needs to be done. Why doesn't he come to Jesus? Well, I, all I need to do is look at myself and I realize that I need a whole lot of patience from the Lord. This isn't a message only for missionaries. This is for all of us, right? Pray for us. Pray for those who are in leadership that the Lord has laid his hand upon. Praise God. Five leaders here who I don't know them all, but um, that doesn't matter. You know them, and the Lord knows them. And they need your prayers every day. Pray for them. Pray for them. Pray for them that the word may grow swift, may go swiftly, touching people's lives. And there's going to be opposition for sure. That we might trust in the Lord and His. He, can we trust Him and His power this week? Uh, it seems so simple, but here it is: to establish, to guard. And to help us do what he wants us to do. And the last one, direct us to the love of God. I ask myself, hmm, does my little box not allow that person to know the love of God? Hmm, I have my boxes too. I'm sure you do. Little boxes. Can people come in? Well, that's why we need to ask, God, direct me to the love of God. Holy Spirit, direct me to the love of God and to the patience of Christ. That's a wonderful, wonderful few verses. I'd like to finish tonight with one last hymn. Is that okay?
Uh, usually don't do this, but man, I just feel like this is the hymn we need to sing tonight. Number two, so that your faith may be firmed up in the Lord tonight, would love to sing number two. Great is thy faithfulness. Let's just be reminded as we, as we take off on another week, may we re rem be reminded of the faithfulness of God. Sing with me, please. And we will sing all three verses for sure. So let's start. Dear Lord, thank you for encouraging us through the, the words of this hymn. Through your word today, you are our refuge. You are the place we can go. And as of tomorrow morning, your mercies will be new again. Thank you. Thank you for all you have in store for us this week. Some might not be so, mm, so nice. And yet, all things work together for good to them who love you and are willing to walk according to what you have for us. Lord, we want to serve you. We want to walk with you this week. Um, we want to know that love of God and the patience of Christ. Help us. Pray for this assembly. May you, may you encourage the leadership, encourage each one who comes to depend on you minute by minute, every hour of the day. Help us, Lord. Pray your blessing. Pray for those who still are doubting whether they know you. We ask that the love of God will touch them deeply. Your Holy Spirit might work in them. We ask in Jesus' name.